You sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. You need supplies. They need supplies. Business is a lot like school. That's why your small business should take advantage of back-to-school deals at Staples. Now, Staples one-inch three-ring binders are $1.92. One-subject notebooks are just $0.25, cents, and two-pocket poly folders are just $0.35 cents each. Make back-to-school your business at Staples. In-store only while supplies last. Offer ends 9 limit 30. Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. I hope you're enjoying the summer. This is actually a pre-recorded Guys, Guys Radio. And I, because of that, I'm going to make a couple of predictions. This is in mid-May that we're doing a pre-record, and we're going to uh, broadcast, I believe, in very early August. But I'll make a couple of predictions in a minute. But first... The Power of Thought is our theme for today's show. Our special guest uh, returning to Guys Guys Radio is a really interesting, fascinating man and a real uh, spiritual teacher, somebody I have a heck of a lot of respect for. Uh, Dr. Stephen L. Harefield is going to be back with us today, and we're going to talk about the power of thought and some other things that are pertinent to our life uh, and our journey today. So I'm really looking forward to that. So. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on, um, because this is a few months before the show is actually broadcast, and I usually don't mention that, uh, but what I've been doing is I'm going to be traveling and working on my own book this summer, so I've been doing live live podcasts as well as some pre-records, and so almost every day I'm doing another uh, Guys Guys Radio. It's, they're just lined up so we can cover the entire summer. And most weeks we'll have two podcasts per week as we've been doing for the last couple of months. And it's really done wonders for the show. So thank you everybody for listening. Now this is guys, guys radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And we take on, you know, the name is guys, guys radio, but uh, the show's not, it's not like the man show. It's not about beer and boobs and football, but we love beer and boobs and football, but it's about other things. And it's really about being the best man you can be and the best woman you can be and uh, helping women understand men and helping men understand women and just everybody relating to each other and having a, a better experience in our third density world that we live in. We have uh, relationship coaches, dating coaches, metaphysical teachers, authors, entertainers, uh, sports experts, uh, all different types of guests on the show, psychics, channelers. And uh, it's been a lot of fun and it's really growing. And uh, we're, we, I've got so many requests for guests that uh, it's, it's not overwhelming, but it's just, it's very nice to, to hear from people who, who enjoy the show and want to be on it. So thank you to all our listeners and thank you to all our guests. Now, I usually do a uh, guys, guys, guy of the week. And uh, since uh, I have to do something somewhat generic this week because uh, I can't do a topical because we have a little bit of a time lag. So what I'm going to do is say our guys guy of the week are all my guests that I've had, because I was thinking about this the other day as I was uh, working out 
is that I'm getting a free education from my guests. Uh, hopefully, you listeners out there are getting the same as I am getting, but I'm meeting all these fascinating people and who have done so many amazing things, and they're all really nice and smart. And we've had a wonderful experience almost uh, 100% of the time uh, on Guys Guys Radio. So I want to thank all of the guests uh, for their uh, generosity in spirit and also for helping out our listeners by providing interesting information. And uh, so they are my guys, guy of the week, all my GGR guests. You can find Guys Guys Radio on iTunes, on Blog Talk Radio, on Stitcher, and TuneIn. So you can subscribe, you can rate, you can review on iTunes. You can listen to the show whenever you want. There's been, we're approaching 300 podcasts now. So we've been at it for a while. We're really upping the ante by doing two a week now. Usually we're on Sundays and Wednesdays. So things are going well here. Now, I'm going to do a couple of predictions, then we'll take a super quick break, and then we'll bring on Dr. Steve. Um, I'm going to say now today that when I'm uh, uh, recording the show, it's in mid-May, so I'm going to make a couple of predictions here. I'll make five predictions for when this show broadcasts. Number one, I predict that the Golden State Warriors will win the NBA championship. Now, I'm not really going out on a limb. Right now, they're 1-1 with the Houston Rockets, and anything can happen. But I'm going to predict that they are going to beat the Boston Celtics in the finals. I don't think uh, LeBron James and the Cavaliers are going to get there. I think they'll get close, but I think Boston's going to eke it out because they have the home court advantage, particularly after winning the first two games at home. I think the Red Sox and the Yankees in baseball are going to be battling it out the entire summer uh, with no clear uh, leader there, though the other teams have keep in mind in the American League is the Houston Astros who won the championship last year. They won the World Series. So I see all three teams excelling um, throughout this summer. The Mueller investigation, I predict that Rudy Giuliani will not be involved in it uh, by the time this podcast is uh, posted. But I think the uh, Mueller investigation will continue. Um, I don't know what he's got. I don't know where he's digging. But um, you can't force these people to uh, wrap things up. That's not how it works. They go along at their own pace. And uh, it's, it takes a while. Uh, anybody who's ever been involved in any type of court case, the wheels turn slowly. So I'm going to predict that it keeps going. I'm going to predict that the North Korea meeting with Trump will have taken place and will be claimed by Trump to be a major victory. Although when you kind of peel away the layers, you'll see that not too much is really happening there of any uh, consequence and nothing really so great for the U S particularly if it uh, recognizes North Korea uh, and with all of the atrocities they've done uh, with their people. Um, The last but not least, I'm wondering, and I don't want to make a prediction on this, but I'm wondering how long John McCain, the senator from Arizona, will be with us. And my prediction is that um, he will be remembered fondly. Whatever happens, at some point, he knows he's going to he's going to pass. Um, I don't know when. It doesn't matter. But um, I think his legacy will be a good one. Uh, it's very tough to be in politics. The guy went through a lot being a prisoner of war. And um, I know there's been a lot of criticism as, of him as a, a soldier, as well as um, in, in Congress. And I haven't agreed with a lot of his uh, opinions and decisions. But um, the guy's been a maverick and uh, he served. So that's my five predictions. So let us 
take a, a very quick break, and then we will bring back our special guest, uh, Dr. Stephen Harefield. Um, just as a quick note, our, our music, our theme music, I've been asked about that. It's a band called Noba, led by uh, a former colleague of mine, Dave Basiri. So Noba provides theme music. And uh, one of our guests, Ra, uh, Rahima uh, Yagmani, Rahika Yagmani, rather, she is a, a dating coach out in the Bay Area, and she is also an opera singer. So I'm going to let her serenade us into the break, and then we'll bring on Dr. Stephen. You're listening to the Guide Guy Radio. Okay, we're back. Welcome back to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming back to the show. As I mentioned, our, we're going to talk about the power of thought. Um, do we create our life through our thought, through our words, through our feelings? Is it all tied to our karma? Well, we've got an expert on those subjects and more. So let me talk to you a little bit about, um, tell you a little bit about Dr. Uh, Stephen Harefield, who's been here before. Uh, very quickly, he was raised in a dysfunctional and abusive family, like a lot of spiritual teachers have been. Um, he entered the U.S. Army, and he was in uh, Vietnam for two tours of duty. He met his first teachers on the path of Zen Buddhism, Buddhism of a Bud, Zen Buddhist. Excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with my articulation today, but I'll get it together, I promise. Where he learned inner tuition and intuitive insight as a path of learning. He began to learn their teachings and traditions and spent as much time with them as the military allowed. And afterwards he came back, uh, after he got out of the army, he came back and found himself uh, uh, with an urge to travel to India. And then he encountered two Tibetan monks who invited him to come and learn in Northern India, where he spent six years studying the Mahayana Tibetan Buddhist path. And uh, he also went to Nepal and uh, to Tibet twice and had many experiences that could be termed mystical, connecting him closer with life and living. And as a result of that, he's also a certified intuitive counselor by the Edgar Casey Foundation, known as the ARE. And uh, they only select 200 people for seven years of service. He's been interviewed all over the place, coast to coast with George uh, Nori, I guess, a conscious media expert, uh, network, Supreme Master TV and which was aired in 43 different countries. He's all over YouTube. He's featured in the documentary Metaphysia 2012 because of his knowledge of the Maya and the mystical date, December 21st, 2012. He's author of a couple of books. One is called A Metaphysical Interpretation of the Bible, and the other one is The 12 Principles of Karma. And uh, you can get some downloads, The Art of Manifesting a Monk's, uh, Monk's Perspective, The Power of Thought, and since he's received a master's in religion, a theology, a Ph.D. in metaphysics, wow, he's done it all. So let's bring him uh, right on to Guys Guys Radio. Hello, Dr. Stephen. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. And that lady uh, has an absolutely beautiful voice. <laughs> you know, when I she was on, she sang, she sang me out to a break. And I'm like, hmm, there's an idea there. I need a little shtick or something for the show. So... Uh, I have a, a guy who uh, helps me with some of the production, and I said, I'm going to send you some files, pick the best ones. And uh, he's like, you really want to put this on the show? I said, come on, you got to have a smile here now and there. So uh, thank you for mentioning that, because uh, she does have a beautiful voice, and I just I, I hope I've positioned her properly. I think you did quite well with it, sir. 
<laughs> Thanks. So we want to talk about the power of thought, but there's so much I've been watching on YouTube and you have two interesting books and, and I've been talking to a lot of people about uh, intuition lately, a lot of experts on the show. And there's a guy by the name of uh, filmmaker, uh, Bill Bennett, and he made this uh, movie recently called the uh, PGS personal guidance system. And he interviewed all these uh, metaphysical teachers around the world about intuition and I also had a guest on the show very recently, Lisa Kay, who wrote a book about the uh, intuition on demand. So I'm wondering if it would be, and I'm kind of surprising you with this, but what are your, what are your thoughts about intuition? And um, is it, in your opinion, is it like a, uh, is it a gift? Is it a skill? Is it a, is it a muscle that we have to, you know, commit to muscle memory? How does, how does intuition factor into uh, your work and our lives? All right. First off, every single human on this planet uh, has the ability. The thing that gets in everybody's way is logic. One of the many things that I share with people about intuition is, to me, it always comes out of left field. Uh, like when I'm actually uh, working with a, a person, I'm going to talk with them about everything that makes no sense to me. And then what I have to do is make sense out of it. And there's, mm-hmm. the, there's the collision between logic and intuition. And most people rely on logic, which is fine, to a point. But logic is not the only thing that there is, because the intuitive sense can be so helpful. I mean, when I'm in heavy traffic, as an example, I know what the cars around me are actually going to do before they ever do it. And that can really come in handy. Um, when one practices and it's practice uh, in the level of awareness of the messages that we uh, all get. You even mentioned the idea of channeling. Every single human also has the ability to do that as well. Uh, Nikola Tesla was famous for doing that. Mm -hmm. In fact, all of his inventions, uh, he basically channeled. So you see, there's more to us. Of the many things I learned as a monk, we are a lot more infinite than we ever realize. Logic always likes to reduce everything down to what it can understand. In intuition, logic cannot understand. I hope that so, makes sense. For yeah, you. so, so uh, taking that uh, thought, uh, continuing with that, so the intuition then would be kind of a right brain function mm-hmm. and uh, logic or thought would be a... Uh, left brain function and the uh, I guess the challenge is to uh, you know one of my guests told me uh, she said uh, you know if you really want to start using your intuition and she said she uses it in traffic all the time and you can use it for everyday stuff and the key according to her this is Lisa Kay she said uh, who's also a PhD she said don't don't ask closed-ended questions don't ask yes or no you can ask why or how and all and you have to be able that the key is learning to read symbols and because you might get an image or a symbol, and then you have to kind of paint the picture that way. Is that true, Dr. Steve? Absolutely. Very true. Uh, to me, just as an example, um, picking something out of the air, um, if I sense like a person's body is being eaten, that usually means cancer to me. So you see, what I get is mm-hmm. a sense right. of something going on, and because of the years of practice I've had with it, I've learned to interpret what the symbolism of all of these things mean. And see, even with you, Robert, 
when your intuition comes into play, you get metaphorical messages. And the reason you do is because it comes from right brain, not left. Mm-hmm. And right brain is not literal, which is why you cannot really ask yes and no questions. There's no value to doing that. That's you know, it's interesting. Open, uh, that's the reason the open-ended questions are so valuable. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I was walking back. I dropped my son off at school early this morning, and uh, he's five. And I'm walking home, and my dad passed a couple of months ago, and I still have a – it's ongoing. I know he can hear me, and I can kind of hear him. And I'm, I said, okay – show me a sign that uh, you're there. And I'm walking along and all of a sudden this little bird swoops past me and lands very close by and then goes chirp, chirp. And I knew that was him sending me a signal because he loved to fly and he always wanted to be a, a pilot. And, um, and I, I just took that as like, okay, that's a message. It can it be as, as simple as that. I mean, Absolutely. when people are working with their intuition, do we ha- this is what uh, this uh, Lisa's told me. She said, you know, you, you have to go into it. People need to go into it with um, the same uh, mindset as when you go into somebody's house or you go to a theater or whatever and you say, Where, where's the bathroom? So you don't know and you're open and you're not mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that, is that true, Dr. Steve? Absolutely. She's, she's dead on it. That's how it works for me. So how do you use it every day in your day-to-day life? I know you mentioned traffic. When you, when you, uh, two, it's a double question. That's number one. And two, are you so sensitized now through your work and your journey that you, when you come across people, go into the supermarket or whatever, walking down the street, do you pick up, uh, you know, the, their energy or what their issues are? Or yes, is I, that? I, I can, I can very easily. Let me give you an example. Um, I was in a supermarket uh, a few weeks back, and there was a gal in line in front of me, and I looked at her and I said, uh, when you pull out of the parking lot, make sure that you look to your right first. And she looked at me like, what are you, a nut job? Mm-hmm. And, and then, I, then I looked at her and I said, and tell your husband that he shouldn't drink so much. And her, wow. mouth, fell, and her mouth fell open. So what I did is I gave her an intuitive hit for her safety, and then what I had to do is give her something that she knew was true, and mm-hmm. there was no way that I could have known it. And sure enough, as she was pulling out, I heard the screech of, of brakes, and I looked out, and she was fine. But she did exactly what I suggested that she do. How... Uh... How did you, I know this is a loaded question where you could spend hours on, but what was the kind of the key things that you needed to do to be able to uh, heighten your skills, to be able to uh, see, quote unquote, see these things when you're dealing with people? Because Um, as you mentioned, everybody can do these things. It's a matter of uh, putting ourselves in the position to learn and to practice, et cetera. And it really is practice. Uh, To me, uh, it's, free of thought, if you will, and it comes from the idea of awareness. If you look at the natural world, uh, animal kingdom, uh, a dog will know something's going to happen long before it does. Right. Same is true with every living creature on this planet, which even includes us. So intuition comes from levels of awareness, not of thought. So it's free from thought. So the key is we have to scrape away the thought to be able to get our minds clear so we can get incoming, if you will, uh, 
uh, in the right right side of the brain to be able to uh, get the messages that are available to us? Yes. Uh, let me give you an example of something. It's Please. well known that, that the United States government trains remote viewers. Now, what's mm-hmm. a remote viewer? A remote viewer is someone that can see things like on the other side of the world or sense them on the other side right. of the world. And part of the training that they go through actually teaches them to distract their logic by scribbling or doodling, uh, occupying the logical side of mind so that the right side of brain can come into play. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's my understanding that that's how they actually found Saddam Hussein. Yeah, I heard the same by, thing. By remote viewers. Now, and do you do that, Dr. Uh, uh, yeah, oh yeah. Intuition <laughs> doesn't, know, doesn't know time nor distance. It really doesn't. Uh, I can sense earthquakes as an example, but I cannot tell you exactly where. I can give you the area, but not pinpoint the exact spot. I'm not able to do that. And actually, okay. anybody can do that. Even if you look at the animal kingdom, they know earthquakes are coming before the earthquake actually hits. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, again, I would say we are no different. We just don't exercise it. Uh, as you suggested earlier, and it's more a level of awareness than it is of, of any thought. If you and I were walking down the street, uh, or sidewalk, I should say, down the street wouldn't be too safe, and my, my intuition said, duck. As I'm ducking, I'm going to look at you and say, Robert, duck, and I'm not going to turn around and look, because when you turn around and look, that's when you're going to get hit by whatever. <laughs> and see, logic a... wants to look. Logic wants to look. Mm-mm. No value so, in that. Okay. Let's talk about the, you know, the power of the thought, but the power of thought. So um, I guess if you take that, if you extend that out, extrapolate that, it would be that we, people create our own lives um, by their thoughts, their words, uh, of course, their actions. But um, you have to have the thought before you have the action first. So, um, so we're constantly creating our our lives ahead of things, and then things are happening. So we have to be very careful as to what we think, what we say, uh, I guess, what we feel. Also, is that true, Doctor Steve? That is absolutely true. Uh, and the idea of manifesting it requires a directed thought influenced by the idea of the most powerful emotion we have, loving the idea of the end result. Just as soon as you do that, um, the person will receive it. I remember the day I was walking along with one of my teachers, Master Lobsang, and he looked at me and he said, young man, what if what you call your God heard everything that you thought and considered that thought a request for your next experience, would you change the way that you think? I think it took me three seconds, and I said, absolutely, I would change it right now. And he looked at me and smiled and said, good, that is the simple truth of it. And I thought, wait a minute. And then years later, here's something I read, and I'm just going to kind of extrapolate from it. Please. That's written in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, the Dead Sea Scrolls are 2,500 years old, and here's exactly what it says. That the power of a single thought can break the bonds of death, it can shake the heavens, 
a single thought is mightier than the greatest of earthquakes and mightier than the uh, lightning that cleaved the mighty oak tree. Now, I didn't read that until after I had been a monk, and then I thought, oh, my. Now, here's something I can promise every person out there. If you think something, watch. Just watch in front of you, and you'll see it occur. And it can be just a whimsical thought that happens. And you will have that experience without question. We tend to believe that we can control everything. The truth is, no, we can influence everything. You see, you, like I, and every human listening to this show, we are living, breathing, thinking, walking, magnetic electromagnetic field generators, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I like the way that you led into this when you said, we have created every single experience. If it's an experience we didn't like, you did it. If it's an experience you liked, you did it. You see, when Tibetans are very big on training the mind, uh, and the mind is like a wild animal. It just takes practice. It's all it does. And you have to practice training the mind so it does what you want it to do not you doing what it wants to do, and that's the way mm-hmm. most people live. Now, now really, uh, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. Uh, so I guess the conundrum for a lot of people is, you know, how do you uh, balance the the, th- the thinking? Like we think too much, and that gets in the way. Yet we have to control our minds. So people are thinking about controlling their minds, but probably it sounds like. We don't control our minds through thought. We control our minds through managing our thoughts. So if that's the case, how do, how, what are some tips for doing that? Okay. Uh, beautiful question. And it is more managing the mind. Uh, the average human, according to modern psychology, has about 2,500 thoughts a minute. That's a lot. I believe I average about two or three. <laughs> Is it? I just do not have a busy mind, which, by the way, also helps enhance the intuitive side of the mind at the same time. The way to do it is not to attempt to control it. It's orchestrated. So it thinks what you choose it to do. Most of our thoughts, and I heard this from a psychology professor when I was getting my uh, uh, bachelor's degree, What he said was, is if you took 100 thoughts, 45 of those thoughts are about the past. Okay, and think about that. 45 of of the 100, which now leaves us, what, Mm -hmm. 55. Out of that 55, 50% are about the future, which now leaves us 5%. 5% of our thoughts are about present moment. Wow. Now, one of the hardest things I was ever taught, but it's the simplest thing, uh, and I would challenge you, Robert, to give it a shot, because if you do and you accomplish it, you'll love it, and it's simply okay. this. Practice keeping your mind and thoughts right behind your eyes. If you're looking at a rose, your thoughts are only on the rose. If you're looking at a person, your thoughts are only on that person. 
and they are in no place else. It took me three and a half years in a, in a monastery to accomplish that. But once you do, you're only in the present, and present is where life happens. And in the present, you can see very easily at what you are creating by your thoughts. You know, that's interesting and uh, so well stated. Um, so thank you. Um, I had another guest on, Dr. Uh, uh, his name is Michael Tamora, and uh, he's, uh, I guess he's a psychic spiritual teacher and uh, very, very knowledgeable and very, very nice man. And he said almost the exact same thing, that your kind of driver's seat is behind your eyes. And if you live there and steer from there, everything will be fine because then you can be in the present. Absolutely. Present is where life happens. It can't happen um, in, in, in yesterday. There's nothing we can do about that. Nobody can unexperience anything. No one can unlearn anything. And every experience has a single purpose, no matter what it is. And that purpose is to awaken us all to our own true divine being. And that can only be done in the present. That's the only place it can be done. And if you look at the idea or the concept of self-mastery, we're talking about that exact concept. Mastering the mind is going to accomplish everything else. One becomes a master of themselves. They become a master of life, literally. Mm -hmm because there would be very little that they could not accomplish. I mean, if you knew without hesitation, without question, that every thought has the absolute reality of giving you exactly what you are thinking, the difficulty with most people is they don't want to assume personal responsibility, and that's the other key for mastering the mind. In this part of the world, we teach people to think, 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 all right. Nobody teaches how to think. Uh, an analogy, if I might, for a moment. In Japan, the children are not given any form of tests or exams until they get to the fourth grade. The first three grades are all about how to be a human, how to think, and the purpose of the mind. That's the very first thing that they teach them. In Japan. Here? No. I don't know about you, but I was never taught to think until I become a Of course not. No. And, and we don't realize that we don't have to do as much thinking as we do. You see, with, when we understand personal responsibility and we realize that we've created every experience, every relationship, everything, I mean, consider something as a perfect example. If somebody completely believes and knows that they are a pauper, poor, will they ever be wealthy? No. They, they can't be. But all they have to do is shift their mind and put it in another total direction. And life happens from that point on. The whole, the whole thing in manifesting, and that's, a, by the way, a uh, two-hour DVD is what that actually is. And I cover in that every aspect of thought, 
emotion and result all over a, a two-hour span. And what's it called? Uh, the Art of Manifesting. Okay. And I give the mechanics exactly what they teach in monasteries of how to do it. I could share some examples, but it, Please. I, I know it would be challenged. All right, I'll, I'll give you one. Um, Master Kaila, who was the abbot of the monastery, came to me one late August day in northern India, which can be about 120, 125 degrees very easily. And he looked at me and he said, I wish to show you something. And in his hand, he had a, war, a glass half filled with water. And we walked out in front of the monastery where this large boulder was. He set the glass down in the hot sun. And within about 30 seconds, it was slush. He was freezing it. Now, that sounds absurd, but when you see it, it's like, wow. And every single human has that ability. We just don't recognize it. We don't know that. But you can. Do you think... A person has to be present to do it. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, you know part of Western? It must be amazing for you to have gone through all this training uh, in the Eastern part of the world and come back and see you know this powerful country that we live in, America, and you know everybody's always pounding their chest saying how great things are here. But it would seem that between religion and um, government that and media, a lot of the things that are kind of being fired out at us uh, almost like a gatling gun are hard to uh, keep us from managing our thoughts well they don't they don't want us to would would be my my first suggestion the, uh, you you've heard the old adage of divide and conquer sure all right what what they're doing is just creating inner division within a person and that way um, they can be managed, if you will, controlled, orchestrated. It's said by me all the time that when a person steps outside the matrix of indoctrination, you really find out who you are. You can ask anybody if they know who they are, and everybody is going to claim, yeah, no. When you ask them, they start describing what they are, but not right. who. You know, or what they do. Yeah, we're not our hair, we're not our bank account, we're not our car, we're not our family. And in all of that, we set identities when we say, I am an American. Okay, you set an identity. No, we all forget. We're humans is what we are. It doesn't matter where you're from. We're still human. And if you remove identity, you also reduce a lot of thinking, by the way, at the same time. Reduce a lot of what? Thinking. Reduce a, lo- a lot of thinking. Got it. Right. We, we, we meet a new person. One of the things we subconsciously do, or a lot of people will, is attempt to figure out the nationality of the person. So what? What difference right. does that make? It makes none. But what it does is it creates division. And division creates a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, there's only 
two energies in the entire universe. There's a positive energy and then there's a negative energy, just like the batteries on your car. Without a negative pole and a positive pole, you couldn't start it. We wouldn't have lights or heat mm-hmm. in our houses. And the same is true in our mind. People talk about positive thinking. Well, and fine. A negative thought is okay as long as you don't see it as bad. It's just another negative charge. That's all. In fact, your whole brain is a, is a positive charge. Your heart is a negative charge. And you can see that same concept in absolutely everything. Water, a negative charge. Land, a positive charge. And our thoughts give charges to everything. So it's not that I'm careful about what I'm thinking. I'm aware of what I'm thinking and when I'm doing it. Because I know with every thought, it carries the seed of fruition. Every single thought. So if you have a... If you have a thought that comes up, um, of course, if you watch TV or listen to the media, uh, you know, it's always they're selling pharmaceuticals and, uh, you know, uh, opioids and everything. You know, it's always about, you know, you're going to go broke and you're sick and Mm -hmm. all the things you can't do. It's all about lack. So, Mm -hmm. of course, you're going to have these thoughts. Most people are going to have a lot of thoughts in their head about lack and uh, things that they don't want in their head. How, what's in terms of managing thoughts, when these type of thoughts pop up, even if you stay away from the media, I'm sure some of it's still ingrained in the subconscious somehow, subconscious somehow. What's, what are some of the methods for people to kind of, uh, you know, cancel, cancel or delete these things from our consciousness? By not allowing them in the first place. Uh, every commercial, whether it's uh, no matter what it's on, uh, if if you consider something, every commercial always goes to the ego of the person. Like you cannot have this unless you buy this. Right. Uh, they 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 always pointing out the flaws of a person, of what doesn't work. Now here's the funny thing, I'm a firm believer, in what I'm about to say. All too often we hear that it's not a perfect world and we aren't perfect people. And I I say, excuse me a moment, you're going to sit there and tell me this thing that we refer to as God makes mistakes? I can't buy that. And especially in light, if you look into uh, the book of Genesis, after the human was supposedly created, uh, you read these words. Now you are just like me. You have dominion over all things. Mm-hmm. But you see, we are conditioned to believe that we aren't perfect. Well, what if we are and we just don't realize it? I realize, and even in saying it in some respects, it sounds a little bit arrogant. But I'm going to say something to everybody that thinks that right now. If you believe that's arrogant, then you doubt your own self. Because I don't know about you guys. When it's my turn to go meet this thing we refer to as God, I'm not going to sit there and look at it and go, hey, you made a mistake with me. <laughs> uh, when, we look, when, when we look in a mirror, we, we, we like to dissect ourselves, tear ourselves apart. You know, imagine the soul, because it, it created your physical form. It says, okay, I've got it this time. I've got the perfect body, the perfect looks. I love it. 
And then the next thing you know, it's here and it's say, oh, I wish I was taller. I wish I had blue eyes. I'd mm-hmm. like to be heavier. Uh, I'd like to be a different race. And all of a sudden the soul's going, oh, man, guess I'll have to do this again. And it's as simple right. as that. That's what, that's what we do in our heads. And thinking, and the way we do it, is routine. And that's what creates the cycles in our lives, is that routine thinking. Get away from routines. Mm-hmm. How did you, uh, in your training, uh, Dr. Steve, uh, manage uh, his thoughts? Is one thing to manage his thoughts. Others, uh, desires. You know, uh, guys, we like, most guys like women, or we like sex, and, uh, you know, sometimes uh, alcohol or stimulants or whatever. Uh, You know, how do you you learn how to manage desires or indulgences? Um, Well, desires are usually created by ego. Desires also create pain, sorrow, um if you go down the path of acceptance, and I'm talking about self-acceptance, um, desires seem to just kind of generally just melt away. I mean, I really desire zero um, because I believe completely in the idea that there's no such thing as a coincidence or an accident, that everything happens for a reason. So if I choose to have an experience in my life, then I create it, but I don't desire it to do it. When we desire something, we're actually, in a sense, giving our power away to something. Now, why would we want to give our power to something? Mm-hmm. And desire is usually created by something outside of ourselves and is usually based on what we don't have, which is based on the idea that if we have it, we believe we will have fulfillment. There's the trigger about desire is right there, thinking we're going to have fulfillment based on something outside of us. To me, it's like somebody looking for happiness. You're kidding, right? Happiness is never found outside you. It's like even the idea of peace. You're not going to find it outside you. Nobody can. If you're going to be happy, you just be happy. And if you're happy, what's there to desire? Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Now, you you had the opportunity, Doctor Steve, to spend these years on with this training. What's the uh, you know the regular folk who want to just kind of up their frequency? There, I think, particularly for a lot of men. I'm a boomer, and I know a lot of guys who are they know what I'm doing. And at first, they were like, "You're doing that," and that now they don't challenge it because they see I'm invested in it, um, spiritually invested in it, not like a dollar investment type of thing, but. That, that 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 I'm just this is what I'm doing and that's it. So they they're accepting of it. So they ask me stuff like, well, give me an idea about you know diet and because you have to walk the walk. So I've changed my diet and changed this and this has taken years and decades for me to get to on this path and I've accelerated it uh, due to certain circumstances. But it's been an ongoing thing throughout my ent- entire life that I've been kind of always kind of headed in this direction. And now I'm full steam ahead. So I get asked some questions, but a lot of guys, they, you know, they're at the point they're in their careers. They make good money. um, They have a job title and then they see kind of the end of that coming at a certain point. And then they're not sure what's next. 
they don't have, they're not going to go to Peru for a retreat. They don't have the time to go to the far East to, uh, you know, to get that kind of a deep training. What, what can some, what can, so I think a lot of people, a lot of men in particular, they're curious. Unfortunately, most of the guys I know, I've suggested a couple of things, uh, you know, everybody has to do what they have to do. They'll mm-hmm. even say like, give me one diet thing. Cause I'm, I'm, in, I'm in pretty good shape. And I said, well, I'd start every morning, just a big glass of water. You might want to squeeze organic lemon in it. You might want to put a spoon of, uh, apple cider vinegar or something, just start out with a lukewarm, just a glass of room temperature, big glass of water, get your system going. It's really worked for me. That's it. But I know they, you know, they'll try apple cider vinegar once and like, Ooh, this doesn't taste good. And then they go back and they're doing the same thing. I have friends, you know, diabetics, they drink beer all the time. They have a problem with their colon. They're eating beef all the time. It's just hard for a lot of men in particular to, to change. What, what's your advice in terms of a couple of easy things that people can do? Uh, well, first off, change is the only constant that there is. So I would say be willing to do that. Um, and by the way, uh, I'm in complete alignment with the room temperature water, even mm-hmm. if I'm in a restaurant. That's, I, I don't, put you, don't put any ice in it. Huh? Right. Um, that's good for health. Things that people can do to help them awaken is, uh, one, you guys want a challenge, and most men do. You practice keeping your mind and thoughts behind your eyes. That's the first thing I'm going to say to you. You're going to find all sorts of things out about yourself when you're doing it. I'm going to tell you that right now because you're going to find it frustrating. You're going to find it impossible, uh, and your mind is going to play all kinds of games with you. Uh, But that's what you want it to do so that you can learn to understand it. The next thing, um, when you are driving, I, I'm, I'm headed towards meditation is, is mm-hmm. where I'm going, but Americans have a misconception about meditation. Yes. Uh, it, it's not what people think it is. Here's an example. If you're driving your car, focus only on driving, not where you're driving to, because you know what that is. So as you focus on your driving, you're actually meditating. That's what you're doing. Right. When you're walking, instead of thinking about where you're walking to, focus only on walking. You're meditating. Now, the next thing, you want to learn how your mind operates? Learn to observe it. Zins use what they call, um, um, for lack of a better way to put it, it's just allowing your mind to think. Let it do what it's going to do and just observe it. Watch what it's thinking about. And then, as you get, let's say, negative thoughts that you spot that seem to be repetitive, a very simple technique. You inhale that thought through your nose, exhale love and compassion out of your mouth. You're actually clearing and cleaning the thought. When you inhale it, you're owning it and saying, yep, I'm thinking that. And then as you own it, then you exhale mm-hmm. and release wow. it. You're, you're releasing love and compassion on that negative thought, and I can make everybody a promise. Within a matter of a few weeks, that thought will flat disappear, and you'll never think it again. That's now fantastic. Now imagine removing every negative thought that you have. Now, if you want to do something for yourself, all of you, mm-hmm. 
my suggestion is do that because it's a simple thing to do and meditating is important. The next thing I would suggest to everybody out there, become mindful. Now, being mindful has three aspects to it. One, mindful of what your mind is actually doing, being mindful of your speech, and mindful of your actions. When you do that and get used to doing it, now you're moving from thought into the idea of awareness. And you will also know who you are by these simple ideas. People say they don't have time to meditate. Right. They, do. they do. As long as you're concentrating on what you're doing, even if you're at work and you're focused on your work, you actually are meditating. That's what right. you're doing. So it's not all that hard to do. So that would be the biggest thing okay. that can help a person speed up their path, if you will. Now, now um, I, I lost my thought for a second there. Um, well, let me isn't skip to the it, next thing. It, uh, isn't that fun to do? It'll it'll come back. As soon as you let it go, it'll come back. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me go to the next thing, and I'll wait for it to come back. Um, okay. Let me throw some curveballs at you, just random stuff, if that's okay sure. with you. I'm fine. Um, when you deal with now, you had all this training over in Tibet and in India. Do you ever now you're here, you've been in the States for a long while. Do you stay in touch with the people over there? Do you uh, do that? And if so, do you do it telepathically or how do you stay connected? Um, it must have been such an important part of your life. Oh, and when you come back, don't you sometimes think like, oh, here I'm going into Walmart. And before I was in northern India, it was so much more stimulating and, you know, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, but I really don't. I really don't think about it. But in answer okay. to your question, uh, you're familiar with the idea of chakras, right? Yes. We have seven of them. The crown chakra is also known as the thousand-petaled flower, mm-hmm. which basically means you can be in a thousand places at once. Very literally, in the idea of your consciousness. And when I want to link with my uh, Tibetan teachers, that's how I do it. And the funny thing is, I know when they do it to me. Mm -hmm. I can feel it. Um, A lot of the clients I have, and I'll pick one in Copenhagen, uh, he says he can ask me a question in his thoughts, and and he actually will hear my response. Now, I'm sitting in the western United States, and he's in Copenhagen, Denmark. Mm-hmm. And he would he would tell you flat out that when he he's getting his answer, it sounds exactly like the way that I would say it. Here's the, here's the funny thing: I know the second he asks me, I know because I can actually hear mm-hmm. it in my thoughts. We don't realize that the mind is actually a transceiver; it sends thoughts and it receives thoughts, and we can do that. So, yeah, I stay in touch with my teachers all the time. Got it. Have you done regressions and uh, progressions in terms of uh, past lives through working with a hypnotist or uh, just on your own? Have you used that as part of your studies in terms of learning where you are and where you will be and what the Mm -hmm. purpose of of this incarnation, this specific Uh, one? Yes. I, I was taught a meditation, and there's seven mantras to it. Its purpose, like in the book of Revelation, it says, 
uh, talks about opening the seven seals to the book of life. Well, isn't that interesting? Seven seals to the book of life. Well, they got to be talking about chakras. Um, and this one meditation will do exactly that. And the second you unlock all seven of your chakras, um, you will see every past life that you have. And it'll even take you into the future. But I'm totally interested in that. Now, when yeah. you talk about karma, um, I know you have a whole book on karma. Um, I would think that based on everything you've gone through in this, you had a, you had a very tough childhood, and then you went through the spiritual uh, path, and where you are right now is in a great place. I would think you're teed up for something pretty special in the next go-around. Or um, does it work that I, way? Or, or yes, does it, it does. Or, or, okay. Yes, it, yeah, actually, it does. Uh, the type of life a person lives actually sets up the next one, and there's no way around that. I mean, even Christ in the Bible said, what you do here, you lay up for yourself in heaven. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, our DNA uh, tells that story of everything you've done. And in the next lifetime, you'll have to work it out. So for myself, this lifetime is what's important. I'm doing what I can for myself here and now and for every person that I encounter and that mm -hmm. I have the opportunity and pleasure of working with. And I figure because of that, my next life will be probably trippy. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that this one isn't or hasn't been. <laughs> no, I've, I've been very fortunate in, in what I've been shown and learned and what I understand. Okay. But the truth um, is, that's open for everybody. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, I, I remembered what I had thought I had lost, but I picked it back up again. Um, you just what I was going to ask you is about thought. exactly. Well, I never say it's, I've lost it. I always say, uh, you know, I, I'll call it back. And it did come back yep. when I wasn't thinking. So there you uh, go. <laughs> the end result, I think one of the things that um, I shouldn't say, I think I have to be careful of my words and thoughts. But uh, it seems like that many people get stuck, myself included, uh, focusing when they're doing manifesting work or whatever the, on the uh, specific end result instead of being open to possibilities uh, because we come from a controlling society. It's like you're in control or you're not in control. It's basically a very black and white type of uh, situation that they throw at people where you're like, you have money, you don't, or you have power and you don't. And it's very, yes, or it's, I mean, it seems like it's getting that and it's very divisive that way and mm -hmm. the polarizing. But I think a lot of people, I don't think I, it seems that a lot of people are focused and on a specific end result instead of what they could get that could be a lot better even and being open to that. And I wrestle with that myself. I know certain things I want and I have to, I'm working with myself to say, let go because there's something great. Just don't focus on this specific thing because it, things can take different twists and turns and something could open up. That's really, really not what you expected, but could be unbelievable. Talk to us about that. All right. Here's my biggest suggestion, Robert. When you're manifesting something, let the end result take care of itself. That'd be the first thing I would say to you. All you do in manifesting 
is you see the end result of what it is that you're after, then love the idea of having that. And notice I didn't use the word once, desire, or anything. Mm-hmm. Focus only, love the idea. On the, only on the end result. Love the idea and let the end result take care of itself. Here's the reasoning behind that. When we want to control the end result, that we're going to find that that's the most frustrating thing that we can even come up with. But if you use your influence to manifest the result, let the universe take care of the details, and it will. By allowing the universe to do it, then you're going to end up finding that what you have is almost an exact match of what you are after. And I mean that very sincerely. The end result is setting something in stone. But if you allow the universe to handle it and the details, then you'll be flexible. Mm -hmm. You're after X, whatever that may be, uh, and you end up getting Y or Z, which is a little better than what your expectation would have allowed you. So in manifesting, all it is is the end result. That's where your focus is. A lot of people, uh, last question here. Um, they, they ask the universe when they're doing their manifesting work, if you will, they'll ask the universe for the same thing over and over again, almost like a mantra uh-huh. type of thing. And uh, my understanding from some of the teachers that I've spoken to on the show is that, you know, when you do that, you're actually telling the universe to go back and start over. Just ask mm-hmm. once and let it go. Yes. Okay. That is correct. To me, what I do is I get an image, I love the idea of what I'm seeing and sensing, and then I just let it fly, basically forget it. Mm-hmm. And then by doing that, now the universe, it's, it's just basically turning it over to let the universe and the energies of the universe handle all the details, which requires less thinking on my part. And one of, the, one of the things I also share with people is, is if you start wondering where it is, you may as well sit down and do it again because you're getting in your own way mm-hmm. because you're wondering where it is because it's not there yet. And manifesting, it. and manifesting, it, 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 no, it has to happen when the universe and the conditions are correct. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, are, if you are an electromagnetic field generator, then what's your field generating? And I hope everybody listening to this remembers that. What are you generating? Yep. What are you drawing to you? If you don't know, then I wouldn't be drawing much until I did know. Right. And that's just, that's just a statement of truth. Mm-hmm. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Makes perfect sense as always. Uh, let me ask you one final, final question, and then uh, sure. I'll uh, have you tell everybody where they can find uh, you. Uh, I definitely okay. want to work with you. I have to get myself in shape so I have the time to 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 devote my uh, energy to working with you because it's going to be important. I know it's going to happen. So I'm looking forward to that. Number one. Number two. I want everybody to know where they can find you and the your. Uh, books and uh, the art of manifesting dvd but uh, as i'd like to ask you as i did last time what do i need to know dr steve right now 
the thing that you need to know is you are already what you seek. It's just a matter of allowing it to uh, come forth from within you. I remember the day that Lobsang looked at me and asked me what I was looking for, and I told him. And he looked at me and smiled, and he said, good, you'll never, you'll never find it. And I thought, what the? <laughs> and then here's what he said. He said, the moment you stop seeking it, it will find you. And I have found that to be the truth. Fantastic. Knowledge is, knowledge is not something that you chase. It's, it's, as Buddha said, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Mm-hmm. It's Fantastic. It's just that you do. Got it. Simple concept. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, and I think that applies to all our listeners also. Um, you know, we are the ones that we've been waiting for, right? Yes, sir. Okay. You don't, you, you don't awaken to yourself by looking at other things. It's just not possible. One Got has it. to really be willing to look at themselves. I'm pretty easy to locate. Uh, you can find my website. It's very easy. It's uh, hair field, just like the stuff on our head with the field. <laughs> A-I-R-F-I-E-L-D dot com. Uh, you can see what I'm about and any of the books, DVDs or CDs, you can even purchase those while you're sitting right there. You Fantastic. So uh, thank you, Dr. Steve. You are, in many ways, the world's most interesting man. <laughs> and I really enjoy uh, our conversations. It's just uh, it's so great. And I'm so thrilled to be able to, one, host you on the show, and two, get the, your teachings out to, to people out there as reminders and ways to approach life. And uh, because every it's things are say, so perceptibly chaotic for a lot of people nowadays. And I think they really need some of the uh, insights that you have and the reassurance that, you know, we have the answers within. So I want to thank you for just thank getting you. my chance to getting to know you. Uh, you're being my guest on guys, guys radio and uh, hopefully on ongoing uh, our friendship. Uh, it, I can see nothing but expansion there, uh, my friend, if I may. Fantastic. And, uh, for people out there, life is a blessing when we get out of our own way. I couldn't think of a better thing to do. And my life is not chaotic. Life <laughs> itself may be, but I'll let them do what they choose. Awesome. That's my humor. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Steve, and I look forward to you coming back to the show, and uh, I'll let you go now, and uh, I really thank appreciate you. your being here and, uh, and helping our viewers, our listeners out. And I'd uh, love, love to be back. Look forward to it, Robert. Cool. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. All right, everybody. This is Guys Guys Radio. Our special guest has been Dr. Stephen Harefield. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll go to our uh, Guys Guys Guide real quick. The Guys Guide Radio. Okay, welcome back. Um, we're running a little late today, so I'm going to just power through our Guys Guys Guide. And it's really about just five tips about um, aging. And, uh, you know, I'm a boomer, and I see what's going on with my own body from my workouts. You have to be in touch with your body and know what's going on with it. And I see my friends and I see, you know, people from high school and college and all of that. And uh, things uh, can get away from us pretty quickly if we're not mindful and take care of it. So here's a couple of things I would just suggest. Uh, one, uh, learn to adapt. Um, if you continue to eat and drink the same way you did in your 20s, 
unless you've got Mick Jagger's metabolism, you're going to pack on the pounds by the time you hit even like 40. And the real problems arise, though, after you gain the weight that you're not aware of it and you continue to indulge. And by the time you get to your 50s, your body's probably going to respond to the abuse and adverse reactions and begin a long descent of breaking down systematically. But you can change. Um, the good news is your body replaces all of its cells every few years, and you're constantly regenerating and evolving. And that means it's important to step back every so often and take stock in how you eat, drink, sleep, how much you work, how you love or loathe people that you, you the person you've become. Your cells are changing, and so can you. So get with the program on that. Two, stay fit and eat well. Uh, just do some type of advertising. It's not advertising, exercising, <laughs> thinking of advertising, uh, exercising. You got to get out there and do something, some type of cardio, walk, take the stairs, ride your bike, play tennis, play golf, go for a run, play with your kids, whatever. Get some exercise, take a yoga class. Um, you can always do the Dan Millman four minute uh, peaceful warrior workout. You can check that out. Just Google Dan Millman peaceful workout. Peaceful Warrior Workout. Uh, I do it every day. It's fantastic. It keeps my spine uh, in good shape. It opens up a lot of uh, uh, the chi in my body. So it's really helpful. It's very easy to do too. And it only takes a few minutes. Um, also eat well. I mean, you can't, I gave up meat 10 years ago. I'm not saying everybody should give up meat, um, but it's helped me. My body is less taxed in terms of my internal system. doesn't have to work so hard breaking down the meat and all of that. And I feel better that I'm not involved in the whole mass slaughter of all these animals and how they're, you know, just raised to be eaten. Uh, it's just so inhuman uh, with the animals. So that's me, though. But just in general, avoid as much as you can. You know, fried food, processed food. Be careful, you know, with sugar with dairy. There's so many things. Uh, I've been doing this uh, diet this year, my process of elimination diet. And every week I eliminate something else. And it's amazing. I didn't think I'd be able to come up with things yet. I'm 20 weeks into it. I'm like, wow, I keep finding things that aren't really good for me that I can take out of my diet. So most dieting comes down to eating this or that, just making decisions. So make good decisions as much as possible. And the more good decisions you make, the more good decisions you'll make on top of that. Um, three, accept the truth. Uh, listen, we're getting older every day. And there's no escape. So you need to just embrace it. Um, forget about your chronological age. A lot of people, they look at numbers and they say, that's it for me or whatever. And it doesn't have to be that way. There's people who are running marathons who are in their, in their 90s. Your body consists of millions and millions of microbes. And almost 90% of your body is microbes. So they are separate little beings that are in, make up your body. And they have their own lives. And they are what's kind of driving you. So be good to your microbes and recognize them and thank them and bless them. Because we're really, the human beings are made up of mostly 90% of microbes. So embrace that. Embrace the truth. That's what you are. I know it sounds crazy, but think about it. It's true. It's science. Um, as you're aging, be mindful of the, what you wear, you know, pick out jeans that fit well. You don't have to, if you're 60, you know, unless you're in really cranking shape, you don't have to wear uh, cigarette jeans. Um, you know, depending on your body shape and size, 
you know, you might want to think about a slim fit gene or whatever, but you know, you, do you really need to wear the hockey Jersey when you're 60 or Zubas pants, tank tops, the, the Yankee cap backwards. I don't know. Keep your bling simple, get a good watch. You don't need crop pants. If you like them, wear them, but you know, just be careful about what you wear. As you, you know, maybe you don't need a Duran Duran or Star Wars or a Wu Tang Clang T-shirt when you're after 50. So just just be smart about that. And then, last but not least, knowing part of knowing yourself is managing, as Dr. Steve said, managing your thoughts and managing your emotions. So don't think take things personally. Basically, as Dr. Uh, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz says people are secondary characters in this life stories of other people. So we can't take things personally. Things aren't really uh, directed at us specifically. It's we are not um, fitting the perception and want that other people have of us. And when that takes place, they can do things that aren't so nice, but really it's really about themselves. Everybody is the main character in their own life story. So just be your character and do the best you can. And uh, don't, don't judge others uh, who are not that nice to you and don't take it personally. So those are five tips that you might want to consider as you age to make your path a little bit easier. And uh, I think Dr. Steve had a lot of great ideas. So check him out also. Okay. So that's our show. So I look forward to uh, getting back together with everybody again soon. And remember, as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Second Stage Theater. Stephen Duplett from the writer NPR calls one of the hottest playwrights in America with Kate Bornstein, Josh Charles, Ty Defoe, Army Hammer, and Paul Schneider. See straight white men on Broadway for 10 weeks only. Visit 2ST.com. Yeah, I walked the dog, gamed a little, played a little frog. What does your morning commute sound like? Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage McMuffin with egg and a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, please? Kids back up, went back home, and I went to... Here you go, Jim. Mm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better. Right now, mix and match two select breakfast sandwiches, like a bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles, a sausage McMuffin with egg, or a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit for just $4. Breakfast at McDonald's. Single item at regular price at participating McDonald's for a limited time.